Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Renee Powers, and today I am so excited. I've got two guests today. Our first is Becca Ray Tucker. You may know her as at the Sweet Feminist on Instagram. And my best friend, Jenny, <laughs> who is also a baker, owns Penny Cakes. And today we are talking about baking by feeling and baking your emotions. Becca is a baker, an artist with a passion for mixing sugar and strong opinions. She likes destigmatizing abortion, using baked goods as an artistic medium, talking about feelings and all butter pie crusts. I'm a big fan of all butter pie crusts. She's also a two-time winner of the Adams Morgan Apple Pie Contest. I think that is important to know, and she is currently based in Austin, Texas. Welcome, Becca. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And Jenny, would you like to give your own little introduction? <laughs> Hi. So yes, I'm Jenny. I am the owner and head baker at Penny Cakes. I am actually a mobile bakery, so I sell everything out of a food truck. And I also love to use my passion, my baking, and my platform um, for social justice. I do a lot of local grassroots stuff here for our LGBTQ youth group. I do stuff for the uh, battered women's shelter here. And I've also done a lot for our kind of across the river partners, uh, the abortion clinic in North Dakota that is now trying to move to Minnesota for obvious reasons. So I've been helping them raise funds too. Amazing. I love that this is, we're going to be talking about baking today and we're specifically talking about Becca's new book, Baking by Feel, recipes to sort out your emotions, whatever they are today. But I'm also interested in having this discussion about feminist baking. What does that even mean? And Becca, I'm going to toss it to you. What does it mean to you to be feminist? And then what does it mean to you to be a feminist baker? Sure. So I know that people sometimes think there's a disconnect between feminism and baking, but I like to push back on that a little bit because women have always used cooking and baking as these sort of sites of community and someone had to feed the movements. And that has always been a part of organizing and a part of movements. And I think there's definitely a connection between those things. And for me, why I started using baking as a way to talk about feminism and talk about issues that were important to me is because I ran a food blog before I baked a lot. And so I decided to use the medium that was available to me, which happened to be baking and happened to be putting, you know, things on cakes and pies and cookies and that kind of stuff. So I think anything can be used as a medium and I use baking for that. And I think you should use whatever works for you. I love baking as art too. And that's yes. something that's really evident on your social media is how um, you use <laughs> you use that platform as a launch pad to have discussions about feminist issues. Can you tell me maybe about a time that that didn't go as planned or that surprised you? I do think since you're limited to what you can fit on a cake, sometimes it's hard to get out everything that you're trying to convey. Are you trying to say that you can't have a nuanced discussion about intersectional <laughs> feminism and representation on just one small cake? That is what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have many cakes. That's why I have very long captions. But I think what's cool about the cakes being on a platform like Instagram is people can share them and that sparks, you know, discussions in their own 
friendships and communities and um, maybe if they wouldn't have shared something like that on their own like you know they wouldn't have made a graphic themselves they're still able to you know participate in these discussions I also think sometimes things are a little bit more approachable if you put them on a cake generally people like baked goods and so yeah they're sort of more open to engaging with these ideas it's on some you know beautiful cake I absolutely agree and then I can eat it afterwards exactly (laughs) It's one of the most delicious art forms, I would say. So you are actually our first cookbook guest that we've had on the show in the four years we've been doing this. And so I'm, I'm curious about why a cookbook and why this cookbook? Yeah. So I, before I started The Sweet Feminist, I ran a food blog. I've always liked baking and cooking. So writing a cookbook has just been, you know, a personal dream of mine for a long time. But I ended up on this book because in the past three years, I was able to start going to therapy and I started doing a lot of, you know, internal work and figuring out how to process my emotions and learning that, oh, actually, maybe I'm actually intellectualizing those emotions rather than feeling them. And what the difference between those things are. So I decided to sort of merge these two interests that I had between exploring feelings and my love of baking. And what came up out of that is baking by feel. All right. To our audience, this book is set up so brilliantly. Basically, if you have an emotion, (laughs) Becca (laughs) suggests a, a, a baked good for you and includes the recipe. And the emotions are broken down by kind of the big emotions, happy, sad, angry, and then get more specific. And I have this plan that our contributors are actually going to be working through this cookbook based on how we feel. And we're going to be putting that on our blog and TikTok. So keep an eye out for that. Oh my God. That's amazing. I'm so excited to see that. (laughs) (laughs) For instance, there's one like very obvious one where it's homesickness and the recipe for homesickness is the sour cream sugar cookies, which a number one, my mom doesn't bake, but the only thing that she bakes are these sour cream sugar cookies. (laughs) And so immediately that was like, holy shit, this book is for me. Hmm. And also those, those are the cookies that you find in any grocery store, in any bakery, anywhere in the world. Yeah. Or in the U S at least. Why did you choose some of the other Like what are some of your favorite combos, like emotion and recipe combos that you put in this book? Yeah. So I, the recipe pairings are created in several different ways. It could be by the vibe. Like I have lemon cake with happy because lemon evokes this, you know, brightness. It could be by the process. So like if we are making my black pepper snowballs, for instance, that's paired with vengeful and you are mashing things together physically, getting involved with your hands. And that's a way to process that emotion. And it could be by like the length or complexity of the recipe. Like if you're experiencing this big emotion where you need to slow down and, you know, be with that emotion, here's this relatively long, relatively complex recipe. So you can exist in the present with that emotion. But let me flip through and think about some of my favorites. That's a good question. And while you do that, I'm going to hop over to Jenny. So Jenny, what are the feelings? Do you, is this, does this resonate with you? Like, are there feelings that come up when you bake certain things or do you bake certain things based on how you're feeling? I think both. Um, I definitely, I, whenever I explain to people why I love baking, I always, it's very therapeutic for me. Like, I think the fact that you have to follow a recipe, you have to pay attention to what you're doing. 
can't tell you how many times like I forgot to put a leavening agent in, you know, a huge recipe and then you bake it and you're like, oh shit, like I just messed it all up. Like you have to, it's just really therapeutic for me to follow the recipe and then see it come to life. And then I do, I absolutely bake by emotion. Like if I, I love the idea of like when I'm really upset, like cake pops are a great thing. Like, cause it's really, you know, like you said, getting your hands in there and mushing it together. When I make my brownies, sometimes if I'm in a really like chaotic mood, that's when I have the more chaotic flavors of brownies that I'm pulling out. Like I have my, I call it my snack attack brownie. And so I put like dark chocolate chips and white chocolate chips and peanut butter chips inside of it. And then I toss caramel and M&Ms and pretzels and all kinds of nonsense on top. I've been told it's a pretty um, excessive. excessive (laughs) That sounds amazing. I know. I like excessive brownies. (laughs) Doesn't sound excessive to me. Sounds perfect. (laughs) (laughs) They're delicious and they're a bestseller. So if I'm just in a simple mood, a lot of the times it's like, okay, salted caramel, peanut butter, it's fine. But then in a chaotic mood, I'm like, okay, what the hell can I put in this? Like, what else can I shove inside this brownie? So yeah, I love this idea of, of also having a cookbook. So I don't actually have to figure out what I want. <laughs> if I'm having an emotion, I'm like, I'm just going to pull this out and decide and, and let them decide what I what I'm going to bake today. So yes, that is part yeah. of it, taking some of the, the thought out of it. I do have an example of an emotion pairing that I want to talk to you about. So these are my vanilla chocolate twist cookies. They're so beautiful. And this is in the anxious chapter and it's paired with confused. Um, so I paired it with this because it's a half chocolate, half vanilla dough that you're merging into one thing. Um, and I talk about how if you're confused, there's many different paths. All of them are fine. All of them can be delicious. So like with these cookies, I talk about, okay, you can eat just a section of the vanilla, just a section of the chocolate. You can take a bite of both at the same time. You can fold it. Um, there's lots of different ways to eat the cookie. There's lots of ways to move forward in your path. Um, it's sort of an example of how, how the book is structured. And what I love too, is that it's this cookbook in particular is requiring you to name an emotion. And when we name our emotions, we can process the emotions. I love that you give some like self-care tips too, or like working through emotion tips. Uh And I know that (laughs) you thank your therapist in the acknowledgements and you've got (laughs) some therapist friends who helped you with this too, but just like getting in touch with all of your senses. I have found on my mental health journey, I I suffer from pretty severe anxiety and just being able to say, okay, what am I feeling? What am I smelling? What am I tasting? What am I hearing? Like your literal senses. Yes. Yes. Baking is sensual in more ways than one, but sensual in the, the, the fact that you're engaging all of your senses. Can you talk a little bit about coming to that understanding too? Yes, absolutely. Because that's sort of how I bake anyway, like bake with my ears. I can hear when the brown butter is done browning, you know, it's always tastes, um, lead as well. And of course your nose, like I use all of the, all of the senses I have, I use them in baking. Um, but then I realized that it was a lot easier for me to process my emotions as well. If I focused in on the tactile, like, you know, what's going on in my body. Um, and so that is definitely a core part of the book that baking is therapeutic because you are engaging, um, your senses and it's really tactile and yeah, you're existing in this present space, but yeah, throughout the book, there are some journal prompts, some suggested grounding exercises, 
things like that, you know, peppered in for you to do while you're waiting for the timer to go off. Cause there is a lot of waiting and baking as well. Now, Jenny, as a commercial baker, does that take away from that experience knowing that you have to produce so much in, you know, on a deadline? Sometimes for certain parts of it, I think a lot of times, like when you're baking 60 dozen cupcakes, you know, in which has happened like in a week, sometimes you kind of just go on autopilot. Like that's, that's, you know, like I just start throwing stuff in the bowl and just going and scooping and going. But then when I get to the decorating part, that's when it's still like really like therapeutic and real for me to pipe everything and then placing. I, when I decorate my cupcakes, I don't just toss sprinkles on it. Like I really like to make them look like little, little tiny sculptures sometimes like little pieces of art. I am very intentional about what I put on my cupcakes and how I make them look as appetizing as they taste. So while sometimes, you know, when you know you have to get, like I said, 60 dozen cupcakes and 16 pans of brownies and, you know, 11 dozen cookies out as quickly as you possibly can, that baking part sometimes can get just a little autopilot-y. But then when I get to the decorating part or the packaging part, that's when I can still feel, feel my emotions and feel through what I'm doing and kind of go into what I call like my nothing box of just doing and just oneness with the sugar and yes <laughs> exactly it's like nirvana with my piping bag you know it's yeah it's sense to me yep they, I'm so glad somebody else gets yep. it because I feel like I'm talking into the void when no. you explain it <laughs> no that makes total sense to me and you're evoking so many wonderful emotions in the people that are receiving your baked goods as well yeah like you're the right part of their day and I think that's incredible you. with baking yeah you know, I actually stole my, my tagline is sugary empire of joy. And I stole oh. that from a card that <laughs> Renee sent me one time, but that's, that's my thing. Like, I just love to, I want to spread joy. I want to spread happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that I rage bake sometimes, and then I want to make people happy with my rage. baking. But <laughs> it can be balanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been working through this idea that <laughs> feminists in this moment, especially elicit a lot of joy out of rage. And like, that's a really uncomfortable, like holding both joy and rage at the same time can be really uncomfortable, but also super productive. Okay. So those exist on two very separate pieces of your emotion pie, Becca, joy and rage. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> do you have a recipe or an idea? Like what, what do you think would reflect holding both of those emotions at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's rare that you would just have one emotion that you're feeling at a particular time. Like I have an emotions wheel in the book that I created for this book specifically. Robert Plutchik is the one who came up with the idea of the emotions wheel, but I created one just for the purposes of this. Um, And so I do direct you to look at the wheel. And if there are multiple ones, that is fine. Like you can either choose, you can make two things or you can decide, oh, you know, I want to focus on this rage part, or I want to focus on this joy part today. And both of those things can exist at the same time. You don't have to just narrow just into one and only think about that one thing. It's okay to mix them together. Do you suggest if you're feeling rage, but you want to feel joy, do you suggest baking the joy recipe? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean that you can do that. Aspirational. You can do that if you want. I don't see it as aspirational because I do try to 
Um, I say that the book is emotionally agnostic. There are no good emotions. There are no bad emotions. Um, and so I do, I would direct you to go towards the one that feels the most true to you today, instead of saying, oh, I should feel joy and that's better. And so that's what I should be doing. Any of the emotions are fine and all of the recipes are delicious. So and all of the photos are drool worthy. I want to talk a little bit about just like the, the actual physical book itself, because let's be honest, a lot of us buy cookbooks for the photos. Absolutely. And- <laughs> Facts. When I go through, I love cookbooks. I collect cookbooks. When I go through them, like the ones without photos are the first ones to go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Talk a little bit because, you know, you're kind of, you're most renowned for a visual medium for baking on Instagram. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about the process of food styling, of photography, of why you chose the backdrops or the way things look. There's there's one, one of your Linzer cookies is like a broken heart. And I just thought that was like, <laughs> so deep, but like, so not deep. <laughs> yeah, you can choose to engage really deeply with the photos or you can just look at them as beautiful and both are fine. But yeah, visually the book, came out incredible. I think the photographer is A. Scott and they are based in Houston, Minneapolis. And we worked together with Olivia Caminiti as the food stylist. And basically we sat down and we were like, okay, how are we going to make these pumpkin pie bars like evoke a sense of embarrassment? Um, And we did that for all the emotions in the book. The chapters are differentiated visually. So some have more harsh lighting, some have more light tones and some have deeper tones but like for the pumpkin pie bars when we were trying to evoke a sense of embarrassment basically we put one of the bars up in front like spotlight is on you and some of the flaws like in the crust right here are visible so it's this sense of just being vulnerable and sort of on display and so some are some of the photos evoke the emotion in a more on the nose way some of it is more subtle but yeah we do try to try to convey the emotion through the photographs it's so well done and you can tell all of the intention that goes into literally every page from the little blurbs about the emotion from the care that you take in explaining like these recipes don't have to be perfect yep <laughs> i love to cook but i'm terrible at baking because i don't like people telling me what to do and directions sure. are uh, just suggestions in my opinion sure <laughs> <laughs> All of my baked goods turned out kind of fucked up. And you know what? I love them more for it. (laughs) Yep. I always say like the taste is the most important to me. I'm not that concerned about the aesthetic. Like even if the cake cracks in the middle, like you're still going to enjoy eating it. And whoever you feed it to is going to enjoy eating it. So I'm definitely more focused on the experience of making the thing and then tasting the thing and sharing it with other people versus, you know, a perfect aesthetic. And the thing with baking by feel is I do encourage you to trust your own instincts. You know, I say not in your kitchen. You are like, if you think something needs to come out a minute early, take it out early. Um, So yeah, trusting your own uh, senses and instincts as well. Which is again, tapping into that, that present, you know, mindfulness too, Mm -hmm. of just trusting yourself. And that's, um, I think that's what baking is mostly about is being able to listen deeply to your own instincts. Absolutely. And it's the perfect marriage, right? Baking by feel is sorting out your emotions through, through 
getting creative in the kitchen. Yes. Um, we are winding down on time. So Jenny, I would like to hand it over to you. Do you have any questions or what are the dying questions you would love to (laughs) ask Becca? (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess for me, and I'm sure that you have answered this before, but I, I've always just been inspired by your just unapologetic honesty and, you're just like, no, this is who I am on your Instagram account. And you just, you just don't care. And I guess I wanted to ask like, what inspired you to take what you do to Instagram and to be just so unapologetic in it and just honest and raw and real. And I just, I admire it so much. And it's something that I aspire to do with my own, my own business and my own social media accounts. Well, thank you. That's very kind. I appreciate yeah. that a lot. Um, I would say in the beginning, I the, it was an anonymous project, actually, and I didn't put myself into it for a while. Um, and I, I basically had to build up the confidence to do that and own what I was saying. Um, I think in the beginning, what I was saying was sort of more, um, less there was less conflict in what I was saying. I would say things like feminist is fuck on cakes. And, you know, most people are like, yeah, feminist is fuck. Um, but then when I, I think it's when I started talking about my own abortion experience that I put myself out there in a, in a bigger way. And once I did that, it became a lot less scary. Um, and I just decided if I was going to do it, I was going to do it genuinely be as authentic as I can, because that's something that I appreciate in other people. And so that's something that I aspire to, to do as well. It's definitely something that, that like I struggle with as a business owner um, and especially a business owner in small town, Minnesota, where it's not necessarily the most progressive place to be. Right. And, and I think 90% of the people here understand what my values are and that I use my business and I use the funds from my business to, help in what my values, you know what I mean? Like I, I put my money where my mouth is and it's, it's always so scary when, when I did for 4th of July, I was, I was, I decided I didn't want to do real pies and I yep. did reproductive justice pies. Like they were the exact same. Incredible. Pies. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just decided I'm not going to make, I'm not going to put an American flag on them this year. I'm just going to make them look normal. And I'm giving 50% of what I sell yeah. to the Red River Women's Clinic. Yep. Um, and it was terrifying. I was like, I'm going to, here goes everybody. Like they right. just lost all my customers. Right, right. And I actually sold twice as many pies this year. Wow. The year before. Yeah. That's amazing. I was like, yeah. I, I actually panicked and I was like, I don't know if I can make this many pies. <laughs> I'm so glad that people showed up to support you and, and the repro organizations and. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and yeah, and I do, this isn't lip service, I promise, but I do, when I think of things, I'm like, okay, what does sweet feminists do like how does she do this how does she approach this like if she can do it I can do it right that's very sweet I'm so so, I'm so glad yeah you're doing that and that's incredible thanks (laughs) I try all right well that's the time so first one thing I do like to ask all of our authors that join us is, do you have a book to recommend that's not one of your own? But for you, Becca, I'm specifically interested. Do you have a cookbook that you go to regularly? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm, I have trouble thinking of it on the spot. I love Sarah Kiefer's book, 100 Cookies. I just I think it's incredible. I'm a cookie person. Yeah, I just can't get enough of both making cookies and eating cookies. And Sarah's are just just wonderful. A book that I'm really excited about right now is Erin Jean McDowell's uh, Savory Baking that just came out 
yeah, that one is, I'm really, really excited about it as well. And are you a reader otherwise? Do you have a, a non-cookie cookbook book that you'd like to recommend for our audience? I do. I do. Re- yes, I'm a reader, but I don't, I don't know. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at coming up with it. This is fair. <laughs> I usually, uh, I ask all our authors that and they're like, oh no. <laughs> I need to prepare that answer. I <laughs> and usually it's just like whatever is closest to them. They're like, yeah. uh, this one. <laughs> Next time you ask me, I'll be prepared. Perfect. <laughs> well, um, by the time this comes out, Baking by Feel will be available. Okay. So run to your local indie bookstore or, you know, click that link in the show notes. It'll take you to bookshop.org, which supports indie bookstores like ours. Get this book, get it for the holidays. It's perfect for everyone on your list. Even if people don't think that they're bakers, I think that they will appreciate who doesn't want to drool over beautiful photos, but I think they will appreciate the language that you use to discuss emotions and mindfulness and, and tapping into kind of your five senses while you are baking and processing. Anything else you would like to share with us today, Becca? It was wonderful. I really enjoyed um, speaking with both of you. Real strong ending. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the queen of real strong podcast endings. All right. Well, you can find Becca at The Sweet Feminist on Instagram. Do you have a website as well? Yes, thesweetfeminist.com. Perfect. Go there. All right. Take care, everyone. Do you love food and feminism? Then you will love decorating your home and filling your wardrobe with merch from Overseasoned. This colorful culinary brand features clever and bold artwork with cheeky slogans like Shuck the Patriarchy and Cabernet and Equal Pay. Shop t-shirts, aprons, kitchen towels, baby clothes, and more with these fun and empowering designs. Top sellers include Smashing My Food and the Patriarchy Baby Bib, Root for Women, Cozy Crew Neck, and the Culinary Goddess Apron. And if you're particularly fired up about the Supreme Court decision, and who isn't, the Ice Cream for Reproductive Justice design is going to be just what you want to rock on a t-shirt or tote bag. These pieces have become cult favorites in the food world, with star TV chefs, home cooks, bakers, and foodies alike swearing by overseason merchandise. Nearly every product in the shop supports a nonprofit that's dedicated to bettering the lives of women, particularly those in marginalized communities. Not to mention that these pieces are highly functional as well as incredibly soft. And since Overseasoned outfits infants to adults, it makes a great gift for anyone in your life and adds conversation-starting flair to any ensemble. Go to overseasoned.com shop and use code FEMINIST to get 10% off of your order with Overseasoned. This episode is brought to you by Isidore Nut Company. While some may say it's a wild and audacious thing to think you can repair the world simply by making nuts... Isidore Nut Company fiercely believes every intentional decision they make in business has the power to change the way we all work, eat, and live in this world. So you can see why they're our favorite nut company. So much so that we are including a bag in our December boxes. In fact, I cannot keep my hands out of the bag of the chai spice flavor. Isidore Nut Company is proud to be an all-abilities employer and they source all of their delicious, organic, and non-GMO ingredients sustainably. Those are just some of the small ways they're changing the world one bag of delicious roasted nuts at a time. Learn more at IsidoreNutCo.com. Feminist Book Club listeners can get 20% off of any order over $45 with the code FBC20 at IsidoreNutCo.com. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. 
Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for Brownie Points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. Well, Red Woman is a dangerous creature.